thank you for listening to this message brought to you by Living Word Church. We trust that as you hear the Word of God preached, you'll be encouraged and equipped to love God and do His will. If you're looking for a church home, please feel free to visit our Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m. or visit our website at www.livingwordchurch.cc. And now for our message. I believe I heard a bravo out there. I like that. You betcha. Right on. Father, we thank you for just the time we've had already this morning. Worshiping you, exalting you, being together, sharing our lives, testimonies. Lord, things in the future and loved ones who have passed. God, we stand here, we sit, we gather here in your presence, full of hope in the midst of tragedy and in the midst of victory. God, we thank you, Lord, that as we gathered, your word is central. We, we, we gather around your word, even the foolishness of its preaching, God, because we know that we'll be saved. We know that we'll be changed if we listen to it. So now I pray that as we go through your word, let your word go through us. And Lord, today specifically, I pray that you would make us brave, that we'd be strong, and that we would love that which is true. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Good stuff today, guys. Everybody, well done. I want to just take a few minutes here, and I want to carry on with our, um, our little mini-series called Age to Age the Same, right? And so it comes from the verse, it says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So if I say Jesus Christ, the same, I want you guys to say yesterday, practice. I want you guys to say today, and I want you guys to scream and holler forever. A little bit less is more scream and holler. All right. So Jesus Christ, the same, and forever. Well done. He is the same from age to age, from the creation of the world until God comes and Jesus returns and brings this world to an end. He will never change, like shifting shadows or like people. He doesn't change. And one of the things, the thing I want to talk about today is that how God loves the truth. And so today's sermon is called Truth and the Truthful Life. You know, I think if you've lived long enough, you'll understand that our, our world is full of liars, right? Some are dirty, rotten liars. Some are just plain liars. But lies happen. I actually read a little bit of reading and research in scientific journals this week, and it's shocking to me what you learn about lies. A study I read... Um, showed that men and women, um, men 1.8 times a day and women 1.4 times, so evidently men are worse liars than women by 0.2%. whatever, okay. Got the fact checkers here. Thanks, Al. But the, the study did this big, extensive study, and they found out that On average, men and women together lie about 1.65 times a day. However, the footnote on the research was that the researchers thought that the people they surveyed were lying. So people don't tell the truth about their lies. Research says that by age four, 90% of children have grasped the concept and are proficient liars. 
Every parent knows this. Wally and Selma had 10 kids. And so one of them, at age four, was still telling the truth. It was probably Decima. Research also shows that, according to a 2002 study conducted by the University of Massachusetts, 60% of adults cannot have a 10-minute conversation without lying at least once. So I'm guessing 60%, you guys are probably 40%, the entire main section here cannot have a conversation without lying once. But these aren't all-out catastrophic lies because research also shows that people lie about things that don't really matter. Here's the last piece of research I'll give you. I got two more pieces. First of all, the stats show that we lie to everyone. 86% of us lie to our parents regularly. 75% lie to friends. 73% lie to siblings. 69% lie to spouses. About little things like that make us look better or make us seem more likable. Or if you, if you bought a pair of jeans and, and you didn't want people to think you spent a lot of money, so you kind of fibbed on how much you spent. Little things. The news is much, much worse, actually, if you want to do online dating. Six, it says 90% of people looking for a date online lie in their profile. The biggest fib told by women is an obvious one. The average lady claims to weigh eight and a half pounds less than they actually do. Men, on the other hand, try to use their pro- profile to convince potential partners that they're taller, richer, and or better educated than they actually are. Try not to look like some short, poor, dumb guy online. It's hard. Why do people lie? Why lie? Why do we lie? Right now, You're asking why you lie. Bottom line to lying is we lie to protect ourselves. Evolutionary scientists say it's part of the evolutionary survival of the fittest, that that as evolving creatures, that we have to somehow manipulate our environment to survive, and therefore we also manipulate the truth. And we use the truth as a survival mechanism. And so whether we're trying to protect our reputation, trying to protect our money, or just trying to protect someone's feelings or someone that we love. People lie because they feel like it's part of their survival. The survival of your reputation, the survival of your bank account, the survival of your marriage or your friendships. I want to talk today about lying and what the Bible says about it. Before that, I want to share with you a little story which illustrates why we lie. So little Joey bit his sister. He was four years old. At this point, he was part of the 90% who were proficient at lying. And little Joey bit his sister, and her sister screamed, and her mom came running. And so mom grabbed Joey and says, Joey, why did you bite your sister? And Joey says, Mom, I did not bite my sister. I just kissed her with my teeth. 
I mean, at four years old, that's a good one. I want to tell you a couple things today. Number one, Satan is a liar. He's a father of lies, and everyone who lies aligns themselves with him. Number two, I want to say this, that God is not, cannot, and will not ever lie. And number three, that Jesus in himself is the truth. And so let's just run through a couple of Bible verses on this so we drive this home. <clears throat> number one, Satan is the father of lies. John 8, it says this. Jesus talking to the Pharisees who are profound hypocrites. He says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of all lies. Now many of us hear that and you think, yes, Satan is a liar. But we don't understand the implications for it for us. That when we lie, we align ourselves with the father of lies. Even little lies, small lies. Lies of convenience, lies of politeness. Listen, the truth, God loves the truth. And we tend, like little Joey, four-year-old Joey, like to twist and manipulate the truth to protect ourselves. And instead, we align ourselves with Satan, the father of lies. How many people feel like lying right now? We've just had a 10-minute conversation. How many people have lied? You have a father, a good father, your father in heaven. And the scripture says that God cannot lie. Look at Hebrews 6, 18. So God has given us both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Say that with me. It is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Because God will never lie, we can run to him and take refuge. Because we know that when he says it, he'll accept us. He's not lying. When he says that he loves us no matter what, he's not lying. When God says to you, confess your sins and you will be forgiven, and the Bible says, washed as white as snow as far as the east is from the west, your sins will be separated from you. He is not lying. He is telling you the truth. When God says, in the darkest of night, I will make a way out, he's telling the truth. And when God says that he hates lies, guess what? He's telling the truth. I need some help. Where are my readers? Come on up, readers. I want you to get a sense of what God really thinks of lies. I lost a microphone. Can we use this one? Am I okay with this one, Steve? Where'd my wireless mic go? Thank you. All right. All right, guys. Face them. I already know the verses. All right. So I've compiled not only some very powerful verses, but some very powerful young people. 
to read for us. Is this the right order? Hold on, you're third, right? You're fourth? All right, get in the right order, boys and girls. I'm confusing me. Is that right? <laughs> when the music stops and you don't have a seat. <laughs> All right. All right. So very powerful verses and very powerful young people. Now we got an order. Here you go. I'm going to let you hold it and just pass it down. Listen as they read to you. Exodus, Exodus 20.16 says, You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Exodus 21.3 says, You must not pass along false rumors. You must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. Proverbs 6.12 says, What are worthless and wicked people like? They are constant liars. Proverbs 16, verse 19. These are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in community. All right, bring it back to the front. Yep, good, good. Proverbs 25:18 says, "Telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe, wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow." Proverbs 13:5 says, "The godly hate lies; the wicked cause shame and disgrace." Revelations 21:27, speaking of heaven, nothing evil will be allowed to enter nor anyone who practices shame from idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Proverbs 12, verse 22. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. One Corinthians thirteen six says, Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, speaking the truth with love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Exodus 18.21 But select capable men from all of the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Amen. Let's give them thanks. Did you get the gist of that? What's God's opinion of lies? He hates them. He detests them. He abhors them. I mean... The Bible is very creative and descriptive in using negative verbs to describe how he feels about lies and dishonest gain. And, and there was even a verse in there, if you heard it, about rumors. That God hates those who spread rumors, kind of backdoor ideas that aren't really true, but kind of eat away at people's perception of people or things. Well, what was the one where it says that Telling a lie about someone is like hitting them with an axe, stabbing them with a sword, or shooting them with a... Did you catch that? 
when I was reading and researching these verses, I thought, my goodness, that is graphic. But we don't think of lies like hitting your mom with an axe, right? I mean, kids, how many people, when you lie to your mom, do you think you're stabbing her with a sword? Nobody. We don't want that, but somehow we think that telling a lie is no big deal, right? I think that's what the world would say, that telling a lie is no big deal. Well, it may not be to the world, and it may not even be to you, but I think we've heard the Scripture say it's a big deal to God. And it's a big deal to who you are. Because if you're one that tells lies, and if lies aren't a big deal, then you're aligning yourself with the Father who's a liar. But if you're someone who tells the truth, and you're committed to say, you know what, I'm going to tell the truth even if it hurts, then you're aligning yourself with your heavenly Father who is God. Listen, folks, it's a big deal how we handle the truth. Let me draw this contrast with two verses these guys already read, and I'm about to wrap it up. Proverbs 12 says this, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. I mean, how would, wouldn't you love to be someone that the Lord delights in? You know, the only thing you need to do in this life for the Lord to delight in you You don't have to save the world or even go to Lebanon. You don't have to preach from a stage or this or that. You know what? If you simply tell the truth, God will delight in you. He'll delight in that. Because that reveals the the disposition of your heart. You're like, I love the Lord. I fear the Lord. I care about what God thinks of me, no matter what anyone else knows. doesn't matter if anyone else knows if I tell the truth or not. I care about what God thinks of me. And when he thinks on me, I want him to delight. And the word says that he delights in those who tell the truth. How many people think they're a loving person? How many people think, no, I don't know anything about love. I can't love, I won't do it. Yeah, some of you jokesters. Some of you jokesters over there. When, when Paul talks about real love, he, he talks about it in 1 Corinthians 13. He says this. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. You know, when you've done something wrong and you get caught, you don't feel like rejoicing. You feel like hiding, Right? When the tax man comes, and we have to fill out those forms in a couple months, right? Some of you have already worked on them, right? Sometimes we don't want to tell the truth, do we? We want to tell some version of the truth which is not completely consistent with the truth because it'll save us $1,000. But love does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth. And so in those small instances, the truth matters. And here's here's why I want to end it. One of Jesus' friends, Thomas, was worried because Jesus said he's going to go and he's going to go to the cross and he's going to be crucified and he's going to die and in three days he's going to rise again. And he's saying, "Don't don't worry, trust me, he's saying. 
Trust me. Believe in God. Believe in me. Trust me. And, and Thomas was like, well, Jesus, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And Jesus says to him, I'll tell you where to go. Follow me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except me. And I think this pertains to us lying. Because if lying is about protecting ourselves, if lying is about surviving, if lying is about, you know, manipulating the truth to get what we want, Jesus says the only real way for survival the only real way for prosperity in your life, the only real way to be protected is in him. That your walk with Jesus, who is the truth, will provide those things in your life. Listen. Your relationship with the truth is a direct indicator of your faith in God. If you don't believe that God can look after you and protect you, save you, and help you meet all of your bills by telling the truth, then you don't trust him very much. But if you believe that no matter what, that you can be brave and strong and you can love what's true and say, even, even if I can get out of this the easy way by just telling a little lie, say, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that because Jesus will delight in me. Jesus will protect me even if I tell the truth and it hurts. It's a very powerful principle. You want to change the world? Tell the truth. You want to honor Jesus with your life? Don't lie. Small things are big things. You want to see God do great things in your life and trust you lot of kingdom responsibility love the truth stay by the truth amen stand with me and I'll pray for you I think Issa and team should sing us one more song come on up crew I want to give you a moment now to repent because one of those verses in Revelation says that no liars go to heaven. But I read you a lot of statistics says that everybody lies. Listen to me today. If you know you don't have a fully truthful heart, if you know that you've been using the truth and lying just for survival to kind of get away with things because you're afraid of the consequences or you're afraid, God wants you to repent today. I think that means every single one of us can repent today. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray, but I'm going to ask you, if you believe God's word, that he will forgive you, that he will receive you, but that he wants you to be a person who loves the truth, then I invite you to say your own prayer today and repent from lying and say, Lord, do a new work in me. Can you do that? Can you do that? Father God, we thank you for your word, which is powerful, brought to us by these young people today. Lord, we don't want to throw axes or jab knives or shoot arrows. 
Lord, we don't want to dishonor you or shame the name of the Lord. God, we don't want to be people who, who speak falsehood so only to get our way, or to protect our reputation, or to get somebody else's money. Lord, we want to be people of the truth and live a truthful life. Today, God, we repent and turn from our lives. Today, God, we ask you to forgive us, Lord, from our sin and set us on a new path. God, a path filled with joy and rejoicing and delighting and love and trust and faith that even as we walk in the truth, God, you will go before us and be our guard. You will protect us. You will accept us. And that, God, you will do a great work in us and through us. So, Lord, help us have courage. Help us be strong. And help us love that which is true. For your glory, God, and for our good, we pray. Amen. Say amen with me.